So tell me why God has put trafficking on your heart and how's the outworking of that? How have you seen the outworking of that? Um, when I was um, 21, I first went to um, Asia yes. and I was just there for a year and doing just general kind of work with the church. And that's when I first heard about um, human trafficking and children, you know, taken and brought to brothels. And I, I, I just had never heard anything basically so awful. And it just made me weep the thought of children who were being um, abused in this way. And even just at a really simple level, thinking that night afterwards, you know, I go to like a safe, warm bed. I like nighttime. It's a time of rest. But yet for other people, this it was just a, a time of horrors, basically. And that... I, I just said, God, are you, are you calling me? Is this is this your way of calling me to do something about this? Um, and then from that, then I asked God to, to show me that he was calling me uh, to this work by allowing me to, to work in this area while I was in Asia for the year. And um, God provided that opportunity. And so I knew he was just confirming his call for, for me to be involved in this work. That, okay. So that was how I was initially Call to it. But I like preaching and teaching, and yeah. so uh, I do have that uh, uh, interest of uh, working uh, among among church leaders and, and youth justice. and social justice and those issues. But I guess marriage was one way for God to drag me into this calling. Specifically, yeah. <laughs> I guess and yeah, some go by choice, some go, some are dragged. <laughs> So tell me about some of the um, some of the struggles, both personal ones, which include obviously spirituality, yeah. uh, spiritual battles, but also some of the struggles that you work in within the actual area of yeah. uh, trafficking. I mean, one of the main struggles I think you have with trafficking anywhere in the world is that people don't think it happens in their place. They always think it happens somewhere else, but not in my town. Not It happens in the village, it happens in that other country, but not where I am. And so that's one of the first things, is getting people to accept that it happens in their place, because then they're in a place where they can do something about it if yeah. they actually accept that it's going on. That's normally the first battle. And then I think yeah. it's such a huge issue that people just are afraid of it. They don't know yeah. the small things you can do to... Uh, uh, by yourself or as a church or with your neighbour there's small things you can do to prevent and to stop trafficking in yeah. your area and if each person just addressed trafficking in their own area it would stop so I guess uh, uh, blindness as well as fear are two elements spiritually that we can see like uh, both the church and the communities are blind to uh, that it's actually happening there and second they also have fear that there are gangs involved and police involved and church has to be a little different to the larger community. And so many uh, wrong things practice, practiced in the community are also practiced in the church. For example, child labor. There are many uh, Buddhists and Hindus who employ uh, children from very uh, poor background and they live with them, they wash dishes, they do the household stuff, but they never send them to school. And you see the same practice practiced in the church where they have young boys and girls living with them, working for them throughout the day, but they never go to school. And so you can see that something has not, some thinking has not taken place, or the heart is still hard towards those boys and girls. And that is one spiritual problem that I see in the place where we work here. And also, we, I feel we have been under a lot of spiritual attacks personally. We have had some family uh, tragedies and uh, yeah I feel it comes with the territory of uh, being yeah I think in, also in certain contexts yeah I suppose yeah 
Um, yeah, I think also human trafficking is something that needs to be fought in the spiritual realm as as well as um, in the practical things that we can do in life because um, it's it's a problem that exists at every level of society and therefore uh, in our prayers needs to be addressed not just at every level level in society but at level different levels spiritually also and like in the book of Daniel it talks about the principal principalities and powers in different areas you know we need to do spiritual hmm. battle with in, in those realms also as well as praying that um, for for God's intervention in in just confusing the plans of traffickers, stopping them in their tracks. Um, those traffickers um, who, who will not turn to Christ, who will not um, accept them as their Lord and Saviour and receive the grace and the mercy for all that they have, you know, the, the brutality and stuff that they have done, that, that their acts will be revealed and that they will be stopped yeah. in, in that way. So I think um, there's many different ways that you can see the spiritual attack and the spiritual, the, this issue in, in the spiritual life. Um, if you go back, if you just go back to um, the area of trafficking and some of the different age groups, can you just tell tell the listeners hmm. what are the broad age groups? Because I imagine is, is it only children? Is it adults? Is it everyone? It's men, it's, women, think, and children. Yeah, it's okay. men, women, children of age group. I can give you one story. For example, we were doing one awareness program in one of the uh, areas communities, and after the program, I asked a mother, or actually several mothers do you have any cases of trafficking? And one uh, lady or one mother stood up and she said, when my son was eight years old, a guy from the neighboring state came with a, in a big car and he was a rich guy and he was Buddhist and he offered my son a job at his home and he said we, he will send money and he will, my son will be able to call me and I send my son off. It's been 10 years since that boy left my house and I have not he heard of him. And so for last 10 years, he's now 18, the boy is missing. The woman went for a reporting to the police. The police couldn't help. And so that's the 8-year-old boy. Then you have teenage girls. Like they were 13 and 14-year-old girls who were trafficked. Then they were, they was, uh, like today we talked about 18 and 19. There have been mothers of children who have been trafficked. There have been pastors' wives who have been trafficked. There have been church elders who have been trafficked. And so there's a vast range that we see, uh, like traffic trafficking or traffickers do not dis discriminate. They From just babies up yeah, until yeah. older older age group. Yeah. So child, is child right through to adulthood. Baby, not yeah. just child. Baby, well, babies right through yes. to adulthood. Yes, forty, fifty years old easily. Yeah. yeah. I find that quite shocking that mm -hmm. a forty or fifty year old person could be trafficked. Yes. Without them realizing it, how yes. is that? How is that possible? Um, most people are trafficked because they are tricked. They think that someone is helping them either mm. to get a job, um, for young people in marriage and relationships, but they are tricked so they very willingly go with a trafficker believing that person is helping them when in fact they are tricking them and taking them to mm. um, either uh, a brothel or some place that is very abusive where they'll be forced to, to work against their will, not able to leave in bad conditions. I mean, in our region, eloping is, is a big problem. Eloping. Eloping, yeah. And it's a little different to what it is in the UK, that um, in the UK, when you elope, it, it's a kind of a quick, fast marriage, but you are legally married. Where we are, eloping means that you leave for a few days. And Three days. When and then return. you come back, you bring milk and honey and give your in-laws, and they accept you in the community. But traffickers, this is ideal for traffickers. They go and they never come back. And... For those three days, nobody reports to the police. Another thing, yeah, yes. Facebook and network, internet, and there are many uh, traffickers who uh, put false IDs, sorry, false uh, profiles on Facebook, and they say, I'm a, 
army general and then they start relationship with the uh, young girls and then they come over they date and they meet and they they get married there have been cases where people have been married and then they took the girl and they introduced them to the uh, parents and the her or his parents were running a brothel and so there are cases like that where facebook and internet has been used to start a relationship as well yeah so how can the uk church respond to the area trafficking both internationally but also within its this within the british isles um I think also, I think the church here needs courage to address it here. I mean, I, I have even heard of people saying, yeah. you know, I think that person who was working in the car wash, I'm pretty sure, or that person working in the restaurant, I'm pretty sure they're trafficked. There's something not right. Mm. And I've said, well, you know, why don't you phone Chiline or why don't you phone the, the helpline? Oh, no, 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 I couldn't do that. And so I think each of us can take really simple, basic actions. We can, one, look, we can read up in the signs. What are the signs that somebody has been trafficked? know them very clearly they're not many just just know clearly that um those signs and then be willing to take action and that action just needs to be calling a helpline to say look i think there's a person working here who's who's been trafficked and th then let the professionals check that out um and, and then, also like uh, going to schools like uh, if you're running an organization or church if you connect to local schools primary schools or you know the high schools just talk to the young people because they may uh, meet people uh, who are trafficked or, or they may come across situations of trafficking. So I would say uh, raise awareness in the local schools here. Talk about trafficking. Talk about uh, issues of, uh, of, of like domestic violence or, of course, other issues. Another thing is like um, border controls, like uh, we said earlier. Like uh, Northern Ireland is one of the ways uh, many traffickers enter UK. And so uh, through Dublin and then Northern Ireland and UK. And so I guess what can be done, like the church can explore what pressure they can build on the government in, in Northern Ireland or local government here or on their MPs to think about these uh, things. And also as pastors, they should be preaching about these things. They should be talking about these things or start a helpline, you know, within the church. But I think also not being afraid to talk about it. I yeah. think sometimes the church here has become so politically correct yeah. that we're afraid to talk about many subjects. Mm. Trafficking and relationships is one of those issues that we're afraid to talk about now in the UK. Um, we feel like many churches almost feel their hands are tied, and I think the church needs courage um, in these days and needs to boldly state um, what the Bible says, but also be willing to talk about subjects which are really difficult and hard to know what to do about but we, we have to have courage it takes a lot of courage to step outside your boundaries your like you know comfort zone and to spot trafficking to spot victims to sp spot something wrong and actually reporting it and I guess that's what as Christians we have to do if I ask you the question what is mission or mission is what would you say individually after you mm. showing and telling God's love we got a longer answer um, it, it should be lived out and, and where we have where we live it out then we will also get chances to tell about it but it's I think mission is um, it involves the the Bible as a whole and not just the parts of it that we often like the best it's, it's as a whole yeah I think also mission is me that like Ephesians 2, uh, 10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to, good, to do good works. And I think before we talk about missions out there, it's also that God is reaching out to me in His Son. And I am His workmanship. He, I am His mission field. 
and as God works in me, I can also work in His world. And I think it's a relationship with God that is expressed in our work, uh, in our life, uh, in our whatever we do on earth. And I think, yeah, I am the machine field of God, and so is everybody else. So related to that, how can the your supporters, uh, people who are listening to this interview, churches yeah. in Britain, pray for you, both as a couple, as a family, and for your work? Praying for our work. Um, praying for our staff, mm. um, praying for their protection and their guidance very clearly by the Holy Spirit, um, our guidance um, in, in our work in the Holy Spirit and praying for protection for our family and the families mm. of our staff. Uh, all of that's also really important. Okay. Yeah.